You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of our season preview, uh, part one, just yesterday, where Ryan and I came on and talked a little bit about uh, the Kings roster, the offseason, a little bit of expectations going into the season. Uh, we're coming back to you guys today for episode two. So if you missed that one, stop what you're doing and go listen to that. You can find that episode or any other episode streaming wherever you get your podcast. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, was good. What is going on, dude? We're doing two episodes in two days. Last night, I was drinking uh, some Michelob Ultras in my Stein, if you guys remember tonight. I have uh, Tito's vodka and uh, got a little... Uh, of my secret, my secret mix that I'm not going to put out there on the airwaves, you know, on the radio waves that you got, you know, nah, it's, it's, it's a hidden secret, but, um, yeah, excited to be here as always, man. Yesterday was a fun episode. Um, you know, today I was, you know, my first day back at work, I was, I'm pretty sure I told you guys about yesterday and, um, all day I was thinking, you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do that, that previewed number two, you know, that second episode. And then I believe this is year three, Eric, is that correct? This is season three of Kings cast, uh, full seasons. And, um yeah another another season preview so uh, i'm looking forward to it, man so let's, let's go ahead and hop in yeah one thing going into this year i was going to bring this up in in this uh our third season this season we will be hitting what i think is kind of a milestone which is 100 episodes right we'll hit that i'm really calculated out but I, we're going to hit that at some point like mid-season um that's kind of cool you know we kind of made it this long talking about the kings um unfortunately ryan things haven't changed well, they've they've changed. I shouldn't see it. That's like a that's like a that's that's like a sorrow take, you know. But things have changed a lot. But the Kings still have not made the playoffs since we started our podcast, and that's that's pretty much what I should say. And um, throughout this time, it's been an interesting last couple of years. But like we talked about on yesterday's episode, we think that finally, you know, De'Aaron Fox is taking that that step in the league where he can't be denied when it comes to the conversation of you know great great guards around the league. Um, we talked a little bit about yesterday about where we think his point totals will, will end up. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more, but we did say that finally, you know, this is the year where they finally surrounded De'Aaron Fox with uh, NBA players, with an NBA rotation, with a team, some continuity for a couple of years. And there's gotta be some expectations put on them and some optimism from us fans. And that is realistic, you know? Um, so that was kind of yesterday's episode. I mean, we, we kind of did cap it off, Ryan. Uh, breaking down each players and their roles. I had a fun. I had a fun conversation about that. I think where I left off, where I, I wanted to break in this uh, this today's episode with Ryan was about coaching, um, because 
we've kind of we, would you agree that we've we've kind of given uh, Luke Walton a little bit of a pass, like a built-in excuse, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Just the kind of stuff, you know, he had to deal with a pandemic season. He had to deal last year with a, um, you know, a GM change in the summertime, you know, late in the summer, right? Didn't Vladi get canned like late, late, like after they got kicked out the bubble, um, you know, it, he, he's had to deal with a lot, you know, injuries his first year. Um, so yeah, we have given him a pass, but Hey, we're not no more, you know, like you said, there has to be some expectations around a team that's had continuity for a few years. You got to think this is Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Hill, De'Aaron Fox, and Bagley's what fourth year together, third year, three, three and a half, something like that. Right. So like, it's, it's fucking time. Okay. Like there has to be some real expectations around this team to improve as well as Walton coming in for his third year. So um, yeah, man, no, no more passes around here. And the, and the reason I bring that up is because one thing we said a couple weeks ago, Ryan, which if you want to put expectations on the Kings, we talk about when we started Kings cast, you know, three years ago, we were coming off that season where the Kings had just traded for Harrison Barnes. It was, they fired Jaeger uh, at that season, Buddy Hill was the leading scorer and then hit the off season where they had to sign the extension. So that's kind of when we, when we were looking back to that time and the Kings were, uh, I think I looked today. Nine, they were the ninth seed, and they won 39 games that year. And that was a, that was a team that, uh, you know, Willie Cauley Stein pretty much le- played as many minutes as anybody on that team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Iman Shumpert that season played. Like they, the Kings weren't as I would say the roster wasn't as talented as it was now. And if you look at De'Aaron Fox at that time, nowhere close to the player he is now. So with that, we would say that with the the De'Aaron Fox leap, the jump that he took last year, we expect him to take this year, the talent on the roster. Um, at this point, you know, you could really put a lot of it. You you talked about yesterday about how you're going to – how are they going to rotate players in and out? What kind of lineups are they going to do? How are they going to play guys, right? I think those questions are super valid. And if Luke Walton can't get this team better than 39 wins, I mean, I feel like um, at that point – the writing's going to be on the wall and it's going to speak for himself. We've given the past because it's like, Hey man, guy, you didn't get a fair shake. Right. But this really, this is, would you say this, this roster with this player going into this season is the most fair shake uh, a Kings coach has gotten in like the last 10 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know um, the only de- halfway decent roster that there has been uh, was that Rondo Rudy gay DeMarcus Cousins season you know, just because of the names, um, outside of that, dude, there's been nothing but fucking Mikey Moore's Jason Thompson's, um, you know, Marcus Thornton's John Salmon's, you know, seasons, dude, like of rosters and lineups with guys like that. And, um, you have a legitimate, you know, in, in our opinion, and I think the rest of the NBA's opinion here in about four months, you have a legitimate superstar to build around that you can build around and have built around. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, Luke Walton, this is is about as good as it gets in Sacramento for the time being. So you better, you better make the best of it. Yeah. You have to have, it's, it's like I said, the biggest, uh, you know, fair shot. He's uh, a coach's guy and, and it's going to be his challenge to maneuver, uh, through the early part of the season. Cause it it is a rough first 10. We've talked about that all off season when that, well, I really, since, since the schedule came out, right. We've talked about, it's a rough, it's a rough first 10, um, you know, I, I would like to hope that the Kings have figured out what they're going to do and can kind of roll with that into the season and just kind of like 
push through some of what we think might be some losses, you know, um, and not not get all crazy and, and, and start to categorize guys and bench guys early and then never see them, uh, you know, get a, get a chance to get back on the court, which has happened the last couple of years. You know, the Kings have signed guys or had players, but they choose not to really play them. They rely heavily on a few players. Um, but this year, you can't really do that. They've given you a, a roster. And yeah, I said the expectations really are on on Walton um, right there. Right. Um, you know, we, we kind of broke down a lot of different players yesterday, but I want to do a, the, something that we've done the last couple of years. And this is a like a fun game exercise in, in everybody on their preview shows. Uh, you know, they are, it's the standard stuff. Like who's going to be the best this and who's going to be that. And, and we do that, but you know, we throw that Kings cast twist on it. Cause we're always a, a little bit different, Ryan. Um, so I'm going to ask some questions. We'll go from there. Okay. So for the first one, I'll let you take this one first. All right. Um, most, li- who's the most likely to be traded on the Kings roster this year. Hmm. Uh, just a heads up for everybody. I don't know any of these questions Eric's going to answer. Ask me, so it's going to you know bear with me for a minute. Okay, so there's two trains of thought to this, right? Especially with Marvin Bagley not getting offered, you know, you know the, those rookies extensions and whatever the hell you want to call them were were due today. And Buddy healed. Um, shit, man. Maybe both. <laughs> I'd have both to, to go. You can I, say yeah, equal. Yeah, yeah both of them. No, no, not not equal. I would, I'll give you Buddy Healed if anybody's going to get traded, right? Which you know, I, I would say Buddy Healed seventy percent, Marvin Bagley thirty percent. If you're comparing those two, so yeah, probably Buddy. I'd go Buddy Healed. I'm going to go Buddy Healed is most likely. I actually don't think that either of them are going to get traded this year, personally. Not unless but, it's like know, a Ben Simmons I mean, thing. Well, this is bullshit. Okay, so you just asked me. You cornered me. I, I was well, no, no, hold on, yeah. hold on. I was well, you. You let me answer. You know, I I think that the only time those guys get traded is like a Ben Simmons type thing. But I don't think they both yeah, get traded because yeah. I think that's the the quick answer, and I think a lot of people want that. Who do I think is going to get traded? I think Terrence Davis is most likely to get traded. If I had to pick one guy and put my money on, I think Terrence Davis would be. We talked about it yesterday. I think by the midseason, if Davion Mitchell shows that he can be out there. Uh, it is a crowded backcourt. It, it, it is a thin uh, wing uh, team. Um, I could see him getting traded, but um, you know what? Answer. You know what? The interesting thing though is because we ask this question every year, and so last year I think we were saying like you know Rashawn Holmes just because the contract situation last year we weren't really sure, and then I'm, I want to say who else did we say was you said Hassan Whiteside last year? I think was your was your pick. I think it was a re-listening oh. to that. You yeah, know, yeah, the trend, yeah. I think the good thing about the Kings this year is they're not desperate in that they're like the last couple of years, the Kings have had to have gone into the season and we're like, all right, the Kings need to make a trade in order for them to do, you know, so-and-so. So a couple of years ago, it was, you know, Deadman was doing nothing. We got to trade him or, you know, maybe Bogdanovich or whom, whomever. It's, yeah. It's always like that been like that. We need to make more moves. This is the first time in a while the Kings have made all the moves I feel like, and I don't think that there's like this huge pressure to make a trade. I think what they're coming into the season with can compete, you know, and I think that's that's why this one this year is like, I think if anything, it's just going to be like a bench player. Um, you know, I I don't know about that, about the Ben Simmons thing. And it's tough to really sit here and on our preview when all offseason we've been talking about that to sit here and bore everybody with that conversation yet again, you know, but that one is kind of looming. Um, all right. This is my fucking this is like this is the Kings cast special. If you listen to us. Since day one, you kind of know this is this is our thing, uh, Ryan. It's the uh, who's most likely uh, to be the fan favorite, and and I always call it the slap hands guy. 
the slap hands guy. You know, you know, it reminds me of last year. Last year's fan favorite, I said, was Tyrese was going to be Tyrese Alberton, and it was Tyrese Alberton. I think he was a big fan favorite last year. There, there was a we called the slap hands guy. There's there was literally a game where he didn't dress, and he and he got up during timeout and like high fived his players and and NBC and everybody's oh my god Tyrese Halbert such the just the teammate like everything the guy fucking does you know everyone <laughs> loves him. Uh, so that's that's who's gonna be this guy's uh, who's gonna be the the uh, you know that that guy this year who is who who is it gonna be for you Ryan? Davion Mitchell. You know, people, you're already seeing it, okay? Oh, my God, Davion Mitchell hasn't lost a game in a Sacramento Kings uniform. You know, like people posting that shit on Kingsland and, you know, oh, my God, he's just so great. And look at his three-point shooting. He has a better percentage than Buddy Heald and blah, blah. It's like he can do no wrong. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, 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 you know, talking Tyrese Halliburton, I'm in the, I'm on the side of Halliburton not progressing like people are thinking that he's going to progress, you know, taking that 18 points a game step like people think he's going to. I don't think that's going to be him, and I think that's going to frustrate a little bit of people. And I think Davion Mitchell is going to come in day one and be NBA ready, and people are going to be calling for that Davion Mitchell, man. They're they're going to love everything he does. He's so He works. Oh, my God. I saw the other day, okay, uh, after the preseason game, he was up there getting shots 30 minutes after the game, you know, and I had to read about 125 posts about how – Oh my God, he's such a, you know, a hard worker and he's this and guys do that all the fucking time. Okay. Like guys literally get shots up, you know, especially in the preseason, especially, you know, um, you know, if they had a bad game or whatever reasons, right. Guys do that all the time. So, um, my, my answer is Damian Mitchell. <laughs> it's, it's funny. The r- rookie two years in a row, the rookie is the easy out though. Cause everybody knows that that's going to be the fan favorite guy, especially when they're a lottery pick. Um, but I do agree. Like that's that's probably the most likely and the obvious one. Um, you know, one thing about this type of player that happens um, every year, Ryan, on rosters, is there's always a bench player who only plays a limited amount of minutes or plays a limited role on a team, and in that limited role, they do well. Okay, they do well. And what happens is the fans start to call for this player and say, he needs to do start. He needs to play more. He needs to play over so-and-so. And then at the end of the day, like they never actually have to go out there. The player never actually has to go out there and back uh, what, what people think of them. You know what I mean? They don't ever have to go out there and actually like put that up for a long period of time. And so with that, I think the player for me that fits the mold is is uh, Terrence Davis. That's a guy who I think is going to be kind of a, a fan favorite because we talked about on uh, episode uh, one of the preview, Ryan. He's he's the he's only one of three guys on the roster who can like score in bursts, and that's exciting when it comes off of the bench. And I think what's going to happen is there are going to be games where at the end of the game, he, you know, he or late in quarters or whatever the case, he might score in bunches a little bit. And there may be games where he may be the second or third leading scorer on the team with 19 points or something, right? Because just the matchup or just that's that's what the guys got. And and I we like Terrence Davis, right? We we like him. But what's going to happen is you're going to see the people that say he deserves 25 minutes. He needs more minutes than Buddy. Stuff I think that's the taste where it's like no, no, I don't think I don't think so, you know. But he'll, I think so. That's going to be kind of the fan favorite because everybody loves a scoring guard like that. So, uh, what do you think of my take there? Solid again, man. You're really jumping on that Terrence Davis train tonight, huh? Hey, he's um, just 
Well, you know, hey, but well, the other thing is if he's if he's out there and he can he's scoring off the bench and all that, you know, he he's he's a candidate for both. He's a candidate for fan favorite and he's a candidate to be traded, you know. So yeah. he kind of fit the mold. I didn't really plan to go that direction. Yeah, for sure. I like it. All right. So this one is uh kind of the opposite, right? This one is going to be um who are a number one player. Uh, that we're going to have to be defending this season. Who Who is that going to be? Um, every year, we've seemed to have to have done this. Um, and it's unfortunate because, like we said, fans just start falling in love with guys and they and then they fall in hate, I guess, with guys. And then what happens is that guy never gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to literally anything. And so we have to come on here. And I feel like sometimes maybe – I'll give a little reasoning. Um, I'll start this one off, Ryan. The guy who we're going to have to defend the most this year is going to be Marvin Bagley. That's who I think we're going to be defending a lot this year. And here's my reason why. The reason why I think that we're going to be defending Marvin Bagley a lot is because I think Marvin Bagley is more likely than not going to play a lot. <laughs> he's going to play a lot. I don't know if he's going to start. I mean, really, it's really – I would be lying if I, if I said I knew. I, I don't know, dude. The Kings do weird stuff with their – but I think he's going to play a lot. And really, if it's up to me, I think he should start. And I think what's going to happen, especially after, you know, today where they they don't put that extension up for him. Um, and, and there's just a lot of uncertainty surrounding him in the future beyond this year that I think a lot of people are just going to like, hey, you know, I, I we overuse the word hate, but, you know, just kind of put him down early, not see the, me, me, the meaning for him to get minutes and then maybe call for him to get traded. Where I really think that if he actually is healthy and playing, it's it's going to be 15 points and eight rebounds and 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 really it's going to be uh, a key to the Kings' success to be a good team this year, you know. So I, that's my guy. Okay. Um, you can you can take the same one and just make your point if you feel the same way. I'm torn again. You know, I'm torn between Buddy and Bagley. Um, it's hard because man, I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Buddy. Screw it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, Buddy Heel, just because the I hate Buddy fan club is out there, and it's a real fucking thing. People hate Buddy Heel. People refuse to accept that he is. Uh, um, he is what he is, right? People, you know, people. The expectations for Buddy Heel are so high that you know, honestly, Buddy can come out and average 22 points a game this year. He can shoot 43 percent from the three point line, and people are still gonna fucking hate him. You know, their expectations for that guy, we pay him way too much money. He don't play defense, you know, and we're, he's so valuable. You know, his ability to stretch the floor is so valuable. And next to De'Aaron Fox, I, you know, or coming off the bench, if he does, you know, and being able to just heat up and, you know, when Buddy Heald's hot, he's hot. So, um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. We've defended him enough on this podcast, but he heals my guy. And I'm pretty sure it's the second year in a row that I've had, I'm going to have to defend this guy. You're, you're dead ass right on that. You're dead ass. Right. And I think we're both right. Those are probably the two guys. You know, what's funny about those two, Ryan. Those are the two guys that everybody loves to hate on. But when it comes to the Kings need to get a superstar player scenario, guess who the two guys who are like front and center in the trade yes. packages, you know, it's Bagley and it's, it's, uh, it's buddy. It's funny how people feel that way, but it's, it's with those guys for sure. When because people don't like him, 
no benefit of the doubt whatsoever. They get no breaks. They get no love. Everything they do well, eh, everything they don't do, eh, it's terrible, you know? And, and that's just the unfortunate thing about, about the fans and, and their ability to take out their emotions and take a step back. I mean, really, we've we felt that way over players over the year. I mean, we were, we were really hard on Rashawn Holmes. Uh, for the whole first year he was here and really even into last year, it wasn't until like probably mid season last year where we were finally like, okay, you know what I mean? Like we get what they're doing. We, you know, he has, he got better last year. He did. And we acknowledge that. And it's like, okay. So when it came to him being signed, we're like, all oh, right, we get it. You know, sometimes you just have to, you know, sit with it and what, okay. What's your, we were hard on Rashawn Holmes. You know, there's, there's context to this. Like we weren't just hard on Rashawn Holmes, just be hard on him. We were hard on him because people were calling to pay him $20 million a year. Okay. So when you start having outrageous claims like that coming from Kingsland, um, all right, cool. We're going to hold your guy to the standard. You know, we're going to hold him to the standard and look what happened. He ended up giving 11.4 mil or whatever the hell it ended up being. And we ended up being right. And um, that's why we were hard is, you know, we were saying, hey, if, you know, if we can get him for 12 million, we're ecstatic. We love him. But 20 million, we fucking hate him. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of where we were at. That is I, I, that is good of you to bring that point up, because that is where we stood. Um, it, yeah, that, that that is good to bring up. And and let's talk a little bit about Rashawn Holmes, because we haven't really touched on him in the, in the preview and we, and we haven't touched on him on this episode. Um, you I guess you hinted at it a little bit yesterday. We did when we were talking about the front court rotation because this year there's actually gonna be guys challenging for a few minutes against him. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's it's he's gonna split time. I, I who knows? I mean, clearly they they they've played him a lot of minutes over the last couple of years. I assume they're gonna do the same thing. You kind of look at their track record, right? But Rashawn Holmes last year, Ryan, I want to say he played 30 minutes a game. Is that I gotta pull 29. Just, yeah, okay, so 30, yeah, so 30 minutes basically. He played 30 minutes a game. There's going to be guys challenging um, his his minutes this year. And even if it, yeah, 29.2 and then 28 year before. Even if Tristan Thompson, for example, takes away two minutes a game, what is Rashawn Holmes' stat line at 26 or 25 minutes? Because right now he's literally squeezing every single bit he can out of those minutes and he's getting 14 points and then last year you know eight rebounds that's the most he's he's like literally squeezing that out at 25 minutes so what does the stat line look like Oof. uh man 11 and six uh, yeah that's a lot of you know 11 and six 11 and seven you know i i just think that um, if healthy and Bagley's around, that's, you know, he's going to be more of a go-to on offense than Rashawn Holmes would be obviously. Um, and then, uh, you know, like I'm saying, I expect De'Aaron Fox to make the next step to 27 a game. And then you sprinkle in buddy Halliburton and your consistent 15, 16 from Harrison Barnes and, um, what else is left. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, if, if Rashawn Holmes gets 25, 26 a night, um, yeah, 11 and six, 11 and I, you know, he's not a great rebounder, probably 12 and six, uh, you know, would be top, top, top. If he got 25 minutes a night, it's really, that'd be really interesting. It'd be really interesting. That's one thing we said a lot all along last year when it came to, uh, you mentioned the people saying he deserved uh, so much money. Right. And that's what we were saying. Like that's his statistical output is like at max with 30 minutes. What's that look like with 25? And then what's the contract look at? 
and, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's okay it's okay it's not like tearing it up you know um i wonder you know there's always guys that this there's there's been so many players in nba history Ryan, that have been in rashawn holmes situation where they had good seasons or they played well and teams looked to them and then they got paid and they never really progressed too much further you know I, we've always said rashawn holmes He's probably we're seeing the we've seen the piss peak. We've seen the best of him probably last year. I don't know if statistically mm-hmm. he can get better than that. Um, and I wonder, I just wonder about how that guy, maybe not this year, the next year, like where he kind of falls in line with this with this roster this year, and how does his role change, especially if Bagley goes in there and plays the minutes. If if he does, you know, how how does his role change? This is going to be very interesting because. It, so many fans have loved him over the last two years, and the Kings have relied on him a lot. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm just curious. No hate, you know. Obviously, we want everybody to do well and and contribute and all that, you know, all that shit. But it's just a question to post to think about. Like, um, I think we might see a little bit of a regression in stats, and uh, instead of that progression that people think, you know what I mean? Um, all right, man. So yesterday we we did we did put it out there that we do think that the Kings are uh, going to be a playoff team, okay? So what I wanted to do is kind of talk about that, why we think that, what teams might be in their tier with them, Ryan, and then um, from there, then we can kind of go into the whole Western Conference uh, after that, right? So let me throw a couple teams out there, um, and you can tell me if the Kings are better than them or not, all right? Does sound good? And I'll count, I'll, I'll count, I'll count uh, them, all right, Utah better the utah is better right better okay yeah denver better golden state better los angeles lakers better okay phoenix suns better dallas mavericks hmm now we're getting closer okay so i I would say say that i would say I would say at the moment better, but Dallas's lack of, you know, really just a second guy. And, you know, I mean, when you have Luca, you know, he's pretty good, but yeah, go. Portland. Oh, I, I think Sacramento's going to be better in Portland this year. And Memphis. I do. And what about Memphis? Better. Sacramento's better. Yeah. So, I, hey, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, we, we don't do this like no bullshit, everybody. Brian and I, we, we don't sit here and script this shit. No, I, I agree with you. Portland was the one I wanted to talk about a lot. Um, I do think that Dallas is better. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now, um, but we'll see. We, we will see that. That's the one that's interesting that the Kings have in head to head. The Kings have beat, have their, have the edge over this guys. They have for the last really two years, I guess we, I agree with you totally a Memphis, a fuck John Morant, you know, um, really, really, if you take Utah, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Los Angeles and Dallas, that's top six. That puts the Kings in a seven, eight, nine scenario here with the Grizzlies um, and the Trailblazers, you know, and um, leaving it out. I mean, we're leaving out New Orleans. We're leaving out Minnesota. We're leaving out the Clippers. I I think the Kings are better than all of those teams. I do. Um, So really, let's talk about this round. Let's pin the Kings against the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. Um, Break it in. I'm gonna bring up. Let me bring up the Grizzlies roster real quick, just so we can be accurate on on this. But um, you know, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. The trade for Stephen Adams, uh, you know, that Jonas Valanciunas move, 
that was uh, that hurt Memphis in my in my opinion very very much. I just think that Jonas Valanciunas was really really good. Stephen Adams, one dimensional, doesn't score right. Um, you know, people say he plays defense, but in reality, he's just a big body, tough guy, um, decent rebounder. But you know, you 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 look at just their overall star power, right? And you have Ja Morant, who you know. He is what he is, right? We've seen. After that, man, you know, Dylan Brooks, you know, solid player. Kyle Anderson, solid, solid player. Brandon Clark, solid player. But, um, you know, Jaron Jackson, who just got paid 100 mil today, you know, he's in the same boat as Bagley. The guy's played eight more games in his career than Marvin Bagley has. So, um, you know, there's a lot of what ifs on that Memphis team that I just look at, you know, you look at the top nine for Memphis and you look at the top nine for Sacramento and I'll take our top nine all day, especially when you have the top player out of all those top nine, right? Darren Fox is better than anybody on the Memphis Grizzlies roster for sure. Okay. Like you could say John Moran all you want, but I think Darren Fox is better than John Moran for sure. Um, as far as Portland, all right, let me bring up Portland's roster now. Just so let me let me let me let me talk a little bit about about, about ahead, Memphis and why you're looking that up, Brian. Um, I, I agree with you. If you if you truly compare just the rosters, I, I like the Kings roster better, and then the and then head to head, obviously, I like I like De'Aaron Fox better. And I, I wonder if John Morant, John Morant gets us so much hype because he gets windmill dunks on fast breaks on Instagram, and people love that shit. Um, and they have kind of overachieved a little, a little bit ahead of the Kings. I think they, they had a more formidable roster in, in totality of the last couple of years than the, than the uh, Kings did, and that was part of the reason why. But this year, I think it's a little bit dropped off. I don't, I don't think this roster for them is better than it's been. And um, I just don't see John Morant elevating to – see, the thing is, last year is De'Aaron Fox took a huge jump and got to like that 25. I don't think John Morant can do that. You know, he's consistently sitting around 18, 19 two, points. Yeah, his first two years um, were, like, almost identical. Like, they're very, very identical, his first two NBA seasons. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. A setback year. And, and, and you know, you know, not wishing injuries or factoring injuries. But the Kings have had injuries in the last couple of years. They have. And Memphis is one of those teams, they kind of remind me of the Kings in the past. Like, if somebody misses a little bit of time, I mean, and, and they they – if John Morant misses a couple times or name somebody else on the team that misses a couple games, right? Yeah. Um, like, do they have the depth and the, and the roster to sustain that? And, and when you're talking, when you're talking about a playoff race, those little, those little, uh, you know, those little stretches in the season really can really make the difference. Um, yeah. So what do you got on Portland though? Cause that's going to be the one where naturally people are kind of like, Oh no guys. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but really, I think it's a good conversation. Because Damian Lillard, that's why, you know, and, and they're kind of going to be a similar play to Sacramento, right? They're going to Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Larry Nance, and uh, Joseph Nurkic um, will probably be their starting lineup with, you know, you have Rocco in there, but um, there's not a lot of scoring on this, on this Blazers team, right? You're going to get your 28 a game from Damian Lillard. You're going to get 21, 22 from CJ McCollum. But after that, um, you know, Nurkic is a 12 a game guy, Larry Nance, you know, who knows 10 points a game, you know, he plays really good defense, but Robert Covington is not a score, um, coming off the bench, you know, depending on how they play this Norman Powell, good, very good player, but Norman Powell is six foot three. Um, and then after that, their next, you know, Ben McElmore, <laughs> Nasir little, 
um, you know, Cody Zeller, Anthony Simons, like this roster is not very good. Okay. There there's, you know, this roster is kind of thrown together at the end. Tony Snell, how many teams that guy been on Trenton Watford, um, Cody Zeller, like I said, CJ LB, um, Greg Brown, Kelgen belt Blevins, Greg, you know, like there's just a lot of guys on there. A lot of question marks, young guys, um, that I just don't think are really ready. So, um, you know, God forbid, you know, Damian Lillard's one of my favorite players, but if Damian Lillard misses any type of time, um, they're fucked. <laughs> Portland's fucked. The last couple of years, I mean, there there is precedent here, Ryan. The last couple of years, I mean, Portland's regular season hasn't been that impressive. You know, it's been in condensed years, but if you look at them, uh, they were they were six seed last year, but I think the roster was better last year. Um, and then the year before, I mean, they they were they made the playoffs, but it's thirty five and thirty nine. I mean, on a the, the, the cutoff year, I mean, that's not. That's not world beating, you know what I mean? Um, and so I'm not as impressed with that with the roster. I think when you're really counting on Norman Powell to be your guy to go in there and you know be that additional score, I don't know about that. Um, I, I think that's going to be the tough one. But there, the, there is the superstar factor when it comes into Damian Lillard, and so you can say just based on that, you can give them the edge, you know. But even with that, I think if you put those three teams together, uh, you could definitely see, um, you know, the Kings in the mix for sure, especially when it comes from Memphis. Memphis is is we hate on Memphis because it's kind of like they're they're like this rival situation to the Kings. They have a young guard um, who is the fan favorite for their team. They had they drafted a power forward, you know, in Jaron Jackson, who's who's uh you're just they're just waiting for him to take that next step similar to like we have with Bagley you know same age all that stuff and they've just been slightly better and because of that they get the media gets gives them all the attention the fans give them all the attention but um I really you know as much as anything I would love just to see Deer and Fox just impose his will over John Morant in people's minds when it comes to reputation. And I would love nothing more, but to see the Kings take that, take that position from them. Um, because I truly believe that Darren Fox is just better, you know? And I really, for, for honestly, like as a fan, man, I really just think that we, that would be the Kings deserve some shit like that. Don't, don't we just deserve the recognition and then success with it. It's been a long time where, where the Kings have had a star and some success came with it. I mean, Bogey was a was a star in his own right, but they had shit teams that, you know. I don't know, man. I'm not a fan of uh, saying Sacramento deserves anything. To be honest with you, Sacramento deserves no better reputation than the Cleveland fucking Browns. So, um, you know, if, if Sacramento is going to get that recognition, I understand what you're saying, but if Sacramento is going to get that recognition, Darren Fox needs to go out and take it. There is no deserve that. No, go out and fucking take it. Go win some fucking games. When you do play Memphis, which you do early on in the first like two weeks of the season, fucking Darren Fox needs to impose his will. That's where it needs to be right there. So, um, sorry, I don't, I don't really, you know, I I know you probably didn't mean it like that. That they deserve, you know, nah. Fuck I didn't. That. I, I didn't they're say the the Kings, they're, the they're the Cleveland Browns just worse. You know, what I, mean? I didn't say the Kings deserve. I said Kings fans. We deserve that. Yeah, that's what I said. We 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 deserve that. You know, you because. It's there. It's right there. If you just if you just take a look at it, it's right in front of our faces. And I think that it would be really just a, 
it would just be cool as a fan is what was my point there, you know? Uh, so let's, let's kind of, we don't, it's so difficult to get one through eight standings, but just, you can pull up Ryan to some of the teams and maybe talk a little bit about them. Um, let's do like a quick rapid fire here. All right. So, uh, golden state warriors, you think they get back to back to like premier level? Like they were like top three. Uh, they need, they need Clay Thompson. I, I don't think so. I don't think they get to top three. They need Clay Thompson. All right. Um, let's see. I, I, I agree. I think they're going to be right in the middle, like five, four, five, maybe six, something like that. Okay. Phoenix suns last year, the meteoric, you know, rise of the Phoenix suns. Do you think that's sustainable this year with the West healthier and Chris nope. Paul a year older? Do where, where do you think they fall? Uh, middle of the pack. Like what? Like what's what's middle back? Six? Five, six, five or six. Yeah, right there with Golden State. Yeah, I, I wonder about that. So really, it's it's you know Utah. I think they're going to be up there again. Just a deep team. It's, Denver. it's hard. You know, it's hard. I'm pretty. I I'm pretty certain on Phoenix, Golden State. If somehow Clay Thompson comes back from a torn Achilles and a torn ACL, and somehow Clay Thompson gets to Clay Thompson of three years ago, if somehow he gets to Clay Thompson of three years ago. Um, then yeah, there's a real good chance that Golden State could shoot up the standings, but um, I don't think that's going to happen. So tough. It's a tough uh, ask when you know Clay Thompson is significantly hurt. Um, but you really, if 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 the Warriors had a a good team last year, you can make the case that Steph Curry could win the MVP. So you know he's still at playing at that level. Yeah. Lost um, lost in the lost in the playing game. So I mean. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Know, you. A, lot, a lot of guys, a lot of guys put up empty stats, right? That's what they say about Darren Fox, and they've said it about Boogie. You know, I'm not saying that Steph Curry is an empty stat guy, but at the end of the day, his team didn't even make the playoffs. So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right, let's 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 go into prediction time, Ryan. Who do you think you're the top? What's it kind of like your top seed in in the West? What's it going to be? Lakers. Who do you think is going to be number two? That's more of the question. Denver. I think Denver too. You think Jamal Murray comes back and is healthy? And- well, he's not going to be back. He's not going to be back at the end of the year. But they have. I mean, any time that you have the MVP and Jokic, uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, you know, like they there's there's some guys on that team. So, um, yeah, I think Denver. Yeah, yeah, Denver. And then you, who do you think who do you think's next? You, you like Utah? Utah. Yeah. Um, the Lakers, a lot of people, I don't really know what the take on the Lakers is. I think most people are like, yeah, yeah, they're going to be good, but there seems to be this weird doubt surrounding the Lakers. I think they're going to be fucking hell good. Well, a lot I, of I people, a lot of people, a lot of people think, you know, the shooting, how are they going to do, you know, the shooting and eh, anytime that you can have, you know, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, if healthy on the same team, um, they're going to be just fine. You know, those guys are, three of the better players of the last, you know, 20 years, they'll figure it out, right? Like they'll figure out a way, you know, and with the depth, they'll, fi- they'll figure out a way to win games. So um, I just, you know, looking at that roster, I don't look at, I don't care about the age. Okay. This isn't 1990 no more, right? LeBron James is 30, going to be 37 and he's still in the prime of his career. So I'm not really tripping. <laughs> yeah. The, the Lakers are going to be good. A lot of people, a lot of those, People that hold on to the past are going to hate us for compliment. You can't compliment the Lakers in Kingsland or else, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah but, but it, just keeping it real. Um, all right. So then let's go to the, let's go. Uh, Eastern Conference. I mean, not, we're not going to break down every team in Eastern Conference. That's not what we do, but we do. We are going to talk about them in, in total. Um, for me, I'll start this off, Ryan. I think that the, 
the number one team easily is the Brooklyn Nets. I think last year, if I mean, yeah, my a lot of what ifs or anything, but the the Brooklyn Nets, Nets, you could have made the case that they they could have won it all last year. I mean, if KD didn't step on the line, you know, on that three point shot, I was you just know, so, watch. I was just watching that before the it, podcast started. It, it's a whole different. I mean, and they had the injuries and all. James that. Harden, James Harden was hurt. Kyrie Irving didn't play in that series. Like, yeah, there's yeah, 100%. yeah. I I think they're up there. I think that the um, you agree then number one there, Brooklyn. The chips are going to fall where they're going to fall. I mean, Milwaukee will probably be number two, I'm thinking. I don't right? think so. You don't think so? Who thinks so? It's going to be, you think you like Miami? I think Miami's going to be really good. I like I like Miami too, but well, I'm going to put Miami number three. Just Giannis is that fucking good. I mean, he is, and they got I, a good I, team around him. Well, I think I think Milwaukee losing P.J. Tucker is going to hurt him a lot. Miami is going – I think Miami's one team regular season Or, excuse wise, me, Milwaukee, Milwaukee losing P.J. Tucker. He's on Miami now, so. Yeah, so Miami, like, is going to be those teams that maybe – you know, regular season, it's like, I don't know how many words you're going to get for, for predicting the top seeds. I mean, in reality, teams rest guys, and they don't care as much about that as now as they do just getting into the playoffs healthy, right? But Miami is one of those teams that, like, they could be super scary, a very scary matchup for a lot of good teams, especially in the playoffs, because they have so many lockdown defenders all over the court. And, they have, and they have three-point specialists. They have a big man who's very yeah. skilled. And, and that's, why I'm, and that's why I'm saying, you know, um, that's why I think they're better than Milwaukee because I, I just think the matchup-wise with Bam, P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, uh, I'm sure I'm missing somebody else who's on that team that is like, man, that team's fucking loaded. And I just don't think that Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee's bench is going to have enough, man. I, I, that's, that's where they just get me. Yeah, no, it, it's it, it. Miami is very is a is a super interesting team, and and I like kind of I kind of like their potential there. Um, all right, a couple of fun ones, Ryan. Um, last year the Hawks they were kind of like the Phoenix Suns in the West. What do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to kind of fall back to earth a little bit, or do you see them kind of sustaining that level of play and and uh, sustaining that four to five? You know, four to five. I, they, don't, they don't they don't make the run like they did in the playoffs last year. Four to five seed though for you know six seed maybe but you know they just anytime you know anytime you have the NBA league leader in rebounds and Clint Capella right I think he led, led the NBA in rebounds last year and and a young guy like John Collins who's a twenty and ten guy Trey Young who's going to get thirty a night you know and then bench players you know Danilo Gallinari and um, you know Bogdan and Kevin Herter and you know guys like that Cam Reddish that team's deep dude you talk about deep. That team's deep, so yeah, I, I'm I'm good enough to say yeah, four four to six seed or something like that. I think that the the Chicago Bulls, man, a lot of people obviously they get well, uh, they get uh, sorry, they get ball. I'm I'm freaking out right now. I can't. I almost said Lamelo Ball, and that's not true. Um, but then they go get Demar Derozan too. Uh, do you think that the Bulls are going to be um, cool? You think they're going to be like they're going to make the playoffs like everyone thinks they are? Six, seven seed. I, I, I mean, I, I Zach Levine's never been in the playoffs. Um, Lonzo Ball hasn't been to the playoffs. I don't believe um, Vucevic has been to the playoffs, but as like the fucking seven or eight seed. Um, Demar Derozan's good, past his prime. Yeah, I mean, who else is on that team really? <laughs> 
you, you know, I, 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 I think Chicago will be good, but I don't think they'll be, you know, really good. I think they're going to be, you know, better obviously than they were last year, but six, seven seed. Charlotte Hornets. You like to, I, I think that's going to be a fun watch. Fun watch two years away. Yeah. All right. So then um, let's go then to predictions. All right. Uh, Western conference finals. Who do you got? Hmm. Um, this is hard because I, I don't think Utah gets it done. I think they've kind of shown that, um, Denver, possibly if Jamal Murray can come back, it's obviously Lakers. And then I'm tossed in between how fast does Kawhi Leonard get back and how fast does Jamal Murray get back? Um, so I'm going to go at the, as it's standing, you know, I, I would go rosters. I'd go Denver Lakers, Dem- Denver Lakers. That's me. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with the Lakers. I don't know, man. I think that I don't know, man. It's it's really tough. I, part of me wants to say wants to say that Golden State has one more run to make the playoffs to them. I'm I not saying they're gonna that. finish, just, they're gonna finish no. in the top of the of the, the conference know. in the regular season, but as a playoff, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'll I'm go with you on that. I just don't trust Clay, man. I don't. I think just for just for the just because I think that's how it could play. I'll go Lakers, Lakers, Warriors, but I'm not. I think Warriors are going to be a team that's going to kind of make a run in the playoffs and not really finish as a top three seed. So that's mine there. But you, I have the Lakers. I have the Lakers winning. You have the Lakers winning. The West, yes, yeah. All right. So then, then the Eastern Conference. All right. Um, who do you got as as the as the finalists? Eastern Conference finalists. Brooklyn. And. Uh, Miami. Brooklyn, Miami. I'm I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I am. I I did say I do think that Miami could be dangerous, but uh, I do. I mean, Giannis is he's that good, man. He is that good, and um, I I could see them being aggressive and and getting players uh, this year, uh, just try to keep pace with some of those other ones. Who do you think's making it out? Brooklyn. I think without even without Kyrie Irving and his whole vaccine stuff that he's got going on, um, you know, healthy James Harden and Kevin Durant and Lamarcus Aldridge is back this year and Blake Griffin and Joe Harris. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with those guys. So then we got. I'll, I'm going to put it there with you. I, I'm. I agree. So we got Brooklyn Lakers. Um, that would be. That would be a crazy NBA Finals with the talent in there, um, but with that, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. What do you got? Can, can, can I? Oh, I, I'd go Lakers. I just, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, look at your top three, right? LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis. You know, um, I don't think Kyrie Irving will be, even be around like that. Um. So yeah, I, I, you know, you know what I was thinking about today while we're on the topic of Brooklyn, Brooklyn Lakers. All right. So I don't think at the moment that LA has a vaccine mandate for indoors. Okay. What if that goes all year? Okay. And then right before the NBA finals, you know, Kyrie's allowed to play and all this stuff. And then right before the NBA finals, LA, the Lakers put a vaccine mandate in and Kyrie Irving can't play home or away games. Dude, you know how funny that'd be? 
I was just thinking about that today. I was like, damn, that's a good strategy. Some, some cities might do for these teams, but yeah, um, they're really, really going to be using the Corona vaccine as a way to hey, get their teams an hey, edge. In you can never, you, hey, Hey, you can never trust those LA people, man. You, we saw what they did back in the, back in the Western conference finals against Sacramento. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Lakers just because I think they're so loaded and they're not done. They're going to make a move. They always will make a move. They'll get someone in the buyout market. They'll figure some shit out. Yep. And I think that the, the Lakers do get it done. They're just so deep with veterans. Um, and I think it's going to be a, a really good team. And, and, you know, hey, Kings, Cassie, us can hate us. You guys are fucking like, you know, like love the Lakers. But, you know, I just call them what it is, dude. Honestly, I'm just calling it what it is. Um, yeah, Ryan. So there it is, man. Episode one and two down. Um, I, I guess we should be clear about this. Where where do you see the Kings landing in the standings? And who's out of the teams in their tier? Who's the odd man out? The ones that we talked about for you. So it was Portland, Memphis, Sacramento, right? That was what we decided as the tier. I think Portland's Portland's the odd team out. Just raw, think- looking, just or not? Excuse me, not Portland, Memphis. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you had to be, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's them and yeah, Sacramento and Portland are in. I think Memphis is out. Just looking at the roster, man, and I, I really believe that Jonas Valanciunas' loss is going to hurt Sacramento or Memphis a lot, dude. I think that's huge. I don't think Stephen Adams is is a great player, um, you know. So people are going to see how valuable Valanciunas is. I think him and Zion and with New Orleans is going to be a pretty dynamic duo. But where do you where do they land on the seating wise? Who's that Sacramento? Uh, yeah, seven eight seed. You know, I'm not gonna pinpoint it. Hey, you know, not, we're splitting hairs between the seventh and eighth seed to be honest. So uh, seven or eight seed for sure. Yeah, we, I'll take the cop out and say the same thing seven eight seed. But I, I'll say it's like because, like I said, it's it, predicting standings this far in advance is so you know it's, it's so tough it's so hard to do it's just so many things you're just change. looking at a piece of paper you know but if the kings were to go out there and take the seventh seed not surprised no, i mean you, you know an example like last year is everyone thought houston was going to be really good and then they ended up trading james harden and they were terrible you know and and that happens there's always a team every year some some weird thing happens like that um so it's really hard to get those things but i think yeah. i can confidently stand here and say i think that the kings the expectations is the playoffs this year for me and and really anything if the, it's it's a tough season things happen we know that ryan injuries happen things happen okay so if they're not going to make you would i be surprised no but really it just depends how the records fall but if the kings are not are below 40 wins this year i think it's a real problem i think the coach gets fired i think that if they trend that way the only th- you know the, the there is this little thing here that if the, if the kings do trend that way and the kings blow it up early and they fire the coach early that's something that comes with expectations, right? Is pressure, uh, you know, and, and the pressure to come through. And if they don't meet expectations, that is there. The Kings could pull the plug early. And, not, you know, there's just like so much weird shit to predict this far in year. So you talked about it yesterday. Colin Cowder always says it, right? Uh, it's all you can always reevaluate and reassess. But as it stands, that's where it's at. Um, I, I do have one more thing, Ryan. Who has more pressure on them this year? Okay. Uh, Luke Walton or Marvin Bagley? Oh man! Um, yeah, am I just throwing like questions at you? You can't come on. Well, you do. You know, like like you said, we don't prepare for stuff like this. So my mind was already thinking about you know we're about to close and shout out our boys at Ziggy's. Um, <laughs> uh, shoot, Marvin Bagley, 
because Marvin Bagley's playing for his NBA life right now, dude. Like he's he's for real playing for that contract next year. Um, you know, Luke Walton, dude. At the end of the day, it's Luke Walton. Okay, Luke Walton will go back to Golden State and be an assistant coach for a few years, and five years from now, go get another head coaching job because that's just the way the NBA works, right? Marvin Bagley, he's fighting for, he's fighting for his, you know, reputation. He's fighting for that bag, you know. So um, I think Bagley just has a tremendous amount of pressure, and because he went in the same class as those other guys, so. I think I think 100% Luke Walton has the pressure on him this year. Like I said, the expectations. We started off the episode with talking about how this is they've actually gave him a team here, and if he if he trends towards below where he took over, I think it's it's a it's bad for him, and he's can't. I think Marvin Bagley all he does, needs to do is go out there and not get hurt, and it's gonna be well, it's gonna be a good year for him. Really, he he could really and Marvin Bagley literally all he has to do is not get hurt, and I think it's fine. I, I think that's well, the that's the baseline know, that's, for him that's because a hard, that's a hard thing. Because if he doesn't play, if he does play, we know what's going to come with it, you know. Yeah, I think that's a hard thing, you know, to not to not go out there and get hurt and play your best, right? For for Luke Walton, you know, Marvin Bagley gets hurt. All right, there's another reason why he wasn't as successful. You know, De'Aaron Fox misses ten games. There's another reason why he wasn't as successful. So, him being successful, uh, you know, is depending on other guys. Um, so, you know, that's why I think Bagley is just, you know, there's a lot more. So cool, man. Well, the episode's down the season's here. I can't wait, Ryan. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, what's the first game you're going to go to this year? Uh, Sunday, Sunday, golden state. Cool, man. That's going to be a good one. If people are out there, definitely, you know, hit, hit you up. Probably I'm thinking, say what's up, drink a beer. Um, We'll have to put some of those out there this season. Looking forward to get, getting to uh, get with some people. I know we did that last year, and that, that was fun. Um, let us know what you think, guys. Drop your takes uh, out there in Kingsland or hit us up and, and let us know. So, hey, guys, if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. Um, we are very active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. So uh, check that out. We'll be there all season, man. We're pushing 2,000 members. Uh, really looking forward to our second season of Kingsland. Um, and then obviously shouting out Ziggy's for taking us into season number three. Um, shout out Ziggy's for sure. Huh, Ryan. And then to stay up to date with the podcast, uh, you can always find that anywhere at Kings. Yeah. So with that for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kanks. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.